This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Morena no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch-up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo irarangi ona tangata o Manawatu. It is a Wednesday morning, so we turn our attention to the media. And uh, in the studio this morning, we have Matt Dallas from the Manawatu Standard. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Fraser. Um, I was just saying off air, uh, if people caught yesterday's interview with Fiona Gordon from Horizons, that was um, an uncharacteristically positive interview. Lots of, sort of funding opportunities and things making headlines for all the right reasons. Uh, and now we get to Wednesday, dear listener, it's coming crashing down around us. Not only did we not mention the pandemic yesterday, we're leading with it this morning, um, but generally, I mean, just, it, there seems to be a spate of bad news items at the moment. But that's that's how things go. It, it is, um, yeah. It's been a been a tough couple of weeks, I think, for, mm. um, for for I guess for everyone in general. But and we've just had quite a number of stories around um, just individual circumstances with families who have just an insurmountable problems on top of the COVID experience, and mm. I guess it makes the rest of us, you know, probably. Get a bit of perspective on yes. what we are coming up against. Oh, I mean, that, that is the thing, isn't it? These stories serve two purposes. One, to outline a person's plight in the hope that we might improve it, but also be grateful for what we've got. You know, some of us are dealing with COVID. Some of us are dealing with COVID plus, uh, and the plus we will get into shortly. But, uh, well, mind you, get into plus now. Uh, the COVID numbers for Mid-Central reaching uh, all-time terrifying highs. Yeah, we're just about at, uh, we almost got to 1,000 new cases yesterday with uh, 954, which is... Um, remember when it was a couple of hundred across the country? Years where I can remember when thinking, oh, you know, what time do we split up the news news team when it gets mm-hmm. to, looking to when it might get to 100 in, in, in mid-central, and that was only a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we had hoped, uh, well, I was hoping, thinking, you know, maybe this week might be our last last week breaking up. We might see a, a nice pattering down this mm-hmm. this coming week. But no, we've got a new high, and um, I think you can, being that it's the the Tuesday numbers, I you know, I feel they they can. I think there's probably a lot of people in the the weekend probably should have got tested, didn't, yes. and you can get the quite soft numbers in the weekend and then quite a spike coming into the, the start of the week. And, of course, how accurate are these numbers? Because people are encouraged to report their results, um, but we are hearing plenty of stories of people saying, oh, yeah, I tested positive, I stayed at home a few days, but I didn't, I didn't register it. Yeah, and a number of um, of people, I think we all know, who have yeah, who've been felt really sick and been ill and off work, and um, but negative rat test after negative rat test. So. There's been a bit of that in my house. Actually, we keep going. Oh, this must be it. I don't feel well, and just keep returning the the negative tests. It's um, yeah. I, I guess that's the other thing. People forget there's still all the other bugs floating around. Um, just because you're sick doesn't mean it's COVID, but you should still probably be staying at home if you're unwell regardless of whether it's covid or not yeah i think any symptoms of anything at the, at the moment and you know we're not even we're not even close really to going into winter weather so. no uh, and of course the flu the, the the good old flu i don't know uh, how that that's going to track it would be nice to speak to someone from mid central about that because 
the past couple of years, with people being isolated quite a lot, flu actually went down quite a bit as well. But this year, with things opening up again, have people been keeping up with their vaccinations and things? Yeah, that'll be, be an interesting one to follow. Um, but regardless, we're being told that across the country the rates are coming down and there's like a, a, a weekly rolling average that they talk about. So while you might get an isolated day of quite high numbers, that sort of rolling average is trending down. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll start to see some things freeing up. Yeah, and I think that with the Auckland numbers, certainly they seem to be over their peak and that's going to impact, I guess, the, the national, given just how many pe- people up there, uh, the national situation, while areas like Manawatu were probably a little bit behind the mm. behind the curve, I suppose. So we're going to get our, you know, it's quite expected, I suppose, that we have our, our, our peak a little bit after Actually, that the, is the a, metro centres. That's a very good point because, I mean, Manawatu has consistently, I'd say, throughout this pandemic, dodged the worst of it, which... Now that we're having this managed outbreak, I think there's probably a bit of com- complacency uh, in the region, and that will be another reason why the peak might be uh, – we might not even be there yet. Yeah, quite likely. Ah, doom and gloom <laughs> uh, on your Wednesday morning. Um, moving on then to another story uh, in the Standard over the past few days. This one seems a little bizarre. A family with a dying father rejected uh, for residency, I think it was, because uh, mum was overweight. Yes, and it's not the first time we've seen this. Um, not the first time we've told a similar story to this. Mm-hmm. We had one uh, midway through last year, which is, and it was another South African family who had lived here for many years. Um, you know, actually contributing to their local economy and paying their taxes, and couldn't get um, residency due to, you know, the weight of one of the family members. Um, and this this story from the weekend, which is one that. Um, Carla Karatiana did, and it was for the Sunday Star Times, and we ran it as well. Um, particularly poignant because the the father and the family is is uh, you know dying of cancer, and you know the one thing he he wants to go go out knowing that his his family have got some security in New yeah. Zealand, and they they haven't been able to find that yet. So they're here on a visa, like a working visa, as a family. Uh, yes, they've been here for um, yeah for a number of years and wow. um, working visas, and um, I think the ch- one of the children is now on I think a visitor visa, um, but they just can't get um, yeah I think you know and the mother again similar to the story last we had last year has you know has lost quite a bit of weight and has, you know has shown quite a bit of intent to trying to fit the um, you know the numbers they're supposed mm-hmm. to get to, but um, immigration's been un- unrelenting so far. And the, the the case that we focused on last year, they ended up getting a um, a reprieve, I suppose, and um, were granted um, residency. I mean, this I mean, this is a bizarre story for a whole plethora of reasons. And if anyone knows Cat uh, Pose and her podcast on NPR, friend of Marilyn, she'll probably be quite irate about this as well. But regardless on your thoughts of obesity, the immigration numbers in New Zealand aren't large. Uh, in a BAU setting, it's not like this woman will be negatively contributing uh, or, or negatively impacting our health service. I mean, New Zealand's got an obesity, call it what you will, an obesity epidemic, an obesity situation um, already. One more person is not going to... You wouldn't have thought so. Uh, but yeah, they do. The way they kind of categorise categorize it is um, it's all down to how much she's expected to cost the health system. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, during her time in New Zealand, and I guess if she was allowed to stay here for the rest of her life, um, they, they put an X, X amount on that. And I don't know if at any point they look at what she's contributing to her, you know, her community and to the country, whether that is, again, just in those cold, hard uh, numbers of you know tax money, yeah. uh, tax generation, or you know people obviously contribute to the community in, in many different ways as well. So um, I don't know it seems to be quite a simplistic and harsh calculation that they seem to make. And um, yeah, we, there's plenty of um, yeah, plenty of Kiwis who are enough of a burden on the the health system um, for many other other reasons than obesity as well. If you you could look at um, uh, you know, smoking, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't, and I don't know other, if that's an issue for people coming when trying to immigrate, and they're a smoker. That never seems to be a problem. No, well, back in the day when I immigrated, I was a smoker, and uh, they welcomed me with, well, maybe not open arms, but I, I was certainly allowed in. Um, the the other thing is how they're calculating this, because there's wide criticism for things like BMI now. I mean, if you look at BMI, then half of the All Blacks are chronically obese um they obviously are not um it just and you know cat pause will uh say oh, well she has said in the past and i may be paraphrasing i may have this backwards but she's saying that uh obesity or fatness or general size should not be the principal indicator of health as a person there are many healthy fat people um it just—it's a very seems to be a very arcane system. Is that something you find? You said you've told these a, a, new, a number of stories similar to this in the past. Does it keep coming back to wow? This is an arcane system that needs an overhaul. Um, yeah, I mean that—that's the perception of, that I guess we get from it. I mean, we don't get much help in terms of context from Immigration New Zealand because we tend to get these stock standard, uh, you know, quite. Cold. We, we don't comment well, on individual yeah, cases. Well. They will comment if you get a, a privacy waiver, but they don't offer much. It's mm. just kind of outlining what what the current criteria is. And, oh, and well, that's, and that's the it. thing, isn't it? If you're an employee um, of immigration, you work to the criteria. That is your job. That is all you can do. You can't criticise it. Um, it needs to go to the minister, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, as you're saying, we, and everyone knows probably many fit, healthy people who have fallen down with heart attacks and. Um, yeah, I'd shudder to think what I've, what, what I've cost, cost the, <laughs> yeah. um, the health system with I've got a heart attack and a brain bleed um, myself. So, Good luck. And I'm a, you know, middle-aged, pretty healthy, mobile person. Contributing you know? to society? Yes. <laughs> well, depending what side of the camp you're on with regards to the mainstream news. Um, so what, what's the, the next step for this family? I mean, at the risk of sounding glib, the clock is ticking for them. As you say, the father wants the family to have security when he finally passes away. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously be, uh, keep, keep tabs on, on this story. And um, I know one of the children has, who's, I think, had to bow out of um, flight training because uh, he you know, got into – into flight training school, but because of the visa situation, he couldn't get a new passport. And um, yeah, so that he's now broken away from I think the family's efforts for residency and trying to get his own. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of battles on different fronts that they're kind of uh, fighting. And um, yeah, we'll watch watch with interest and see if um, yeah whether uh, you know a local member of parliament or something might. Mm. Uh, have so a look at their plight. Is it literally a case of when, when this man, and sadly it is when, when, when he passes away, will his wife and children have to go back to South Africa or can they stay on working visas? Or is, is, is residence the only option? 
Yeah, I think there is, an, I think, probably an avenue to still get, I guess, working visas mm. uh, for the meantime, but it obviously doesn't provide any long-term no. um, security. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah, it's a difficult situation. Tang Yu Takeri, are you listening? Uh, do, do, do pay attention and, and, and have a look at this one. Actually, while we're there, um, there's a – well, actually, no, we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, let's have a look at um, – Poison Trees uh, is the next story that we've seen uh, in the paper over the past few days. George Hegney wrote a story. Uh, this, this woman has had her trees poisoned. Yeah, so, it's a bit of a, a local palmy mystery, I suppose. We are um, – yeah, Jane – Houston, who lives up in um, Turatia and has a paddock on her property. And at the rear boundary, she's uh, planted several, um, about 10 10 trees uh, with her husband. And, yeah, I think five or six of them have kind of mysteriously just started dying. And, um, you know... The um, the grass around them suggests that they've been poisoned. Yeah, Um, there's a a really good photo there. And, you know... People do these things for, you know, reasons that may be justified in their own head. It's blocking the view. It wasn't there when I moved in or, you know, you, you've fallen out with your neighbour. These things are in a paddock. I can't see anyone anywhere near them. You know, no, it's not blocking anyone's view. And they're not even that big yet. No, and I think, you know, there are properties back behind them, yeah, which yeah. – um, but I think with the you know the gradient that they're on, that they'd have to get pretty monstrous, I think, to be a problem mm. for um, surrounding properties. But whether it's uh, some other sort of neighbourly issue, when we're not sure. But we did approach some people in the area, and they were, I suppose, yeah, fairly aghast at the um, at what's happened themselves. So, any any tips, any leads? Um, not as as yet. We haven't had any hot, hot tips coming since the uh, since it published on the weekend. It, I mean, it is very clear that they have been poisoned because, as you said, looking at the photograph, the, the grass right around them. But it looks like a large area has been poisoned. A large portion of the grass has been poisoned as well. Or is that someone just quickly spraying and running away and maybe not being as accurate as they could be? Yes, I mean, and I mean, I'm only speculating, but I mean, I guess. Now and again, you get the odd person who's quite vigilant about, I suppose, natives versus exotics. Ah, mm-hmm. um, oh, no, that's true. Are they natives? Or, 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 or no, what, well, I, I saw I'm not sure if I could even try to pronounce the. Um, Pyrus calariana candelabra. That sounds like something that should hang from the ceiling. Um, <laughs> it's yes. Well, it doesn't sound very native, but then those native those those Latin terms never do. Uh, regardless, if anyone's got any information, I'm sure Jane uh, would be quite uh, keen to hear it. Are the are the police involved at all? Um, yeah, the police have got. Uh, they have been contacted, and you know, I think they've got a file on it. But there's no, they don't really have any leads of investigation at this mm. point. So. Oh, it's uh, very sad. Very sad to hear. Uh, We are here with Matt Dallas from the Manawatu Standard, looking at what they've been reporting on in the past week or so. Uh, We've uh, already covered the uh, mid-central record COVID numbers and uh, that sad story of the South African family um, trying to get some sort of residency before the father sadly passes away with cancer. And of course, Jane Hewson's Poison Trees. If you'd like to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch-Up series, just head to the website 
npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch up. Also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your online listening. Um, let's move on to another medical case. Uh, this one, uh, I mean, your heart goes out. For, you know when they say our thoughts and prayers are with you and it's such a condescending and empty statement. Um, but this is kind of it incites that sort of reaction. This is the story of Sarah Wills, who is basically living in chronic pain constantly. Uh, and the sort of last gasp attempt to try and fix this is a trip to Germany. Yes, she's um, got a number of um, yeah, different sort of syndromes and illnesses that pretty much keep her trapped in her bedroom or trapped in a in house. Um, and, you know, the bit that struck me that she's pretty much can't, can't, I think, vomits every time she eats or drinks, which, mm-hmm. you know, for most of us, you know, the one or two times a year we might get sick and, and be sick, that yeah, it's just it's the pits to, to live with that day in, day out, 20 times a day. Um is just uh, the the notion of it is just horrific, um, and yeah, the hope is all in at the moment is a, a surgery that's available in um, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a I think her, her complex mix of um, illnesses is it's something I think beyond the I think the the skill level or the the specialty of, of New Zealand um, doctors. So she's you're trying to get to Germany, and uh, I guess she and her mother are trying to come up with ways to to raise some funding. At this point, they've got to give a little page. Yeah. And Sarah's obviously you know, she's you know obviously fatigued and not feeling well a lot of the time. So it's a, it's a difficult thing for her to, to be trying to you know drum up ways yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to to find what she thinks will be kind of fifty sixty thousand dollars to um, in terms of flying over there, the hospital stay, the, the tests and scans that are required, plus having to I think stay in the city mm-hmm. uh, for a couple for a couple of weeks after the surgery as well. So yeah, those sort of accommodation costs in Europe. Um, so I mean, up. I, I mean, I, I guess in terms of justifying that as a give a little, this is a, a legitimate. Uh, surgery that could offer her some increase in quality of life. Yes, I mean it wouldn't. Um, you know, it's not going to cure her of all her ills, but um, it would help around um, this vascular compression issue which she has, which I think is contributes to her um, the amount of how often she's sick and yeah. not being able to, you know, keep down medication. And um, it would sort of go. It would go a long, long way for her, to, giving her some um, semblance of a. Um, Normality in her days, I suppose. She's got heads, which is uh, defects in collagen, giving her those severe gastro uh, issues that you've talked about. She's also got uh, median arcuate ligament syndrome, which is a vascular syndrome, and that chest area, the, the compression issues that you were talking about. Uh, there's there's others as well. I mean, the article lists them all. May Thurner syndrome. Um, it's just it's it's just a medical dictionary of of issues that I, 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 how can one person have so much? Yeah, it seems like yeah, terribly unfair. And um, yeah, she's also was uh, good enough to kind of yeah, speak to speak to us through through a video as well, which is yeah. on on the story on stuff, so people can kind of check check that out. Uh, if you go on to the Man with Two Standard uh, website or stuff.co.nz, uh, the article has a link to the Give a Little page. In fact, if I just click on that now, it may give me some sort of... Yes, so givealittle.co.nz forward slash cause forward slash help dash Sarah. Uh, $25,400 uh, donated so far, um, which is 
awesome. And if if anyone is listening that can chuck a bit more in there uh, to help this uh, this young woman who still seems to have optimism and uh, a wish to live, given everything she's gone through, that's astounding. So please do. Um, let's finish on a, a slightly uh, more positive note, although I again related to um, trying health matters. Uh, but Grant Kitchen at Appetit Tavern is stepping up to help a family out there. Yeah, the, the, the tavern out there is um, helping the family of Jason Hawkins, um, whose mother um, works at the at the tavern. And yeah, Jason has a yeah, rare type of brain cancer where it's now he's down to his last couple of months and he's got two children and a wife and um, the hope is that they can, um, I guess, help him go out with, you know, getting one or two things off the bucket list yep. sorted. And the tavern has um, generously sort of offered to um, host or provide, or I suppose, cater a, a party. So it could be at the tavern or at someone's house for I think forty or fifty people, and the, you know it's it's kind of a bidding type situation. Where, right. And I think so far the, the leading bid is it's up to three or four thousand dollars, which yeah. is yeah, no, which is really helpful. And I think that's still got about another week to run. But uh, you're speaking with Grant. They obviously a lot of ho- the hospitality industry have just been like knocked over during COVID. Um, they've kind of soldiered through it okay, and he felt that they were they were in a situation where they could you know try to help someone else and. You know, it's obviously in that sort of uh, workplace. Your mm-hmm. your work your workmates are your family, and you know he had one in trouble and um, uh, with his son, and so yeah. It's a really nice thing that they're doing. Well, make sure you check out uh, that auction. Is it is it a trade me auction or is it is it something you have to go it's, to the tavern and bid for? It is being run, I think, through their Facebook page. And oh, yeah, we yeah. do have a through the story. We do have a like a, um, a link, a, yeah, link, link to, there, link to the Facebook page. Um, and if anyone has any doubt about the the value of this, you could put a value of tens of thousands on that. The food at Appetit Tavern is to Die for. It is amazing. Uh, and catering to 40 or 50 people, I mean, that is no mean feat either. So head to the Apathy Tavern and Eatery Facebook page um, and you'll find a link to the uh, the, the way to, to bid on that. But go hard because it will be worth every single penny and that makes sure that uh, the family can, as uh, uh, Matt said, uh, knock a couple of things off the bucket list uh, in the last couple of months of Jason's life Um, we are pretty much out of time on the catch up this morning Uh, Matt Dallas thank you for joining us thank you and remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch-Up series, just head to the website, npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. We'll be back tomorrow at half past eight with Helen Warboys, Mayor of Manawatu, finding out what's been happening in the district, but of course what's happening with Three Waters as well. And on Friday, uh, MP for Palmerston North, Tangi Utikeri, will be here. We might have a little chat about immigration. Uh, that's it for this morning. Join us tomorrow at half past eight for the next edition. Bye for now. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.